The show is sponsored by Gummy Cube and they are an app store optimization expert. Did you know that most search queries in mobile do not match the web? Uh, so you need to find out about ranking for the right keywords to help with your app success. To find out more, go to gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. They are the world's leading app store optimization experts. And thank you, GummyCube, for sponsoring the show. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Apptentive will improve your mobile app ratings and help you grow your user base. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, app app 10 t-e-n-t-i-v-e.com, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. Uh, I'm Guy Aldar, founder and CEO with App My Day, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the show. We go around the world and we introduce you to some of the best, smartest, brightest, uh, greatest entrepreneurs on the planet. These are people involved in mobile space, apps space, and uh, it really does help you out because you may be considering starting your own company or uh, working on side projects or even work, working for a startup. Uh, Whatever it may be, uh, if you are into apps, if you're into mobile, then this is the show for you. Uh, Let me introduce today our guest. Uh, His name is Dan Pratt, and he is the co-founder of AdHawk, and we're going to learn about AdHawk and his journey with it. So, uh, Dan, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks, Dan. Tell us about AdHawk. What, what are you doing? What problem are you solving and, and how are you helping the world? Absolutely. So AdHawk is a, a mobile app that aggregates a company's total digital marketing data um, and puts it into one dashboard that updates in real time so that they have access to it whenever uh, and wherever they are. Um, so a, a big problem for a lot of digital advertisers is that you know they're advertising on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram. And each one of these services has their own proprietary dashboard that are really confusing and difficult to learn. Um, and no one's really aggregating that information in one place and making it easy to, to understand um, from one location. So that's what we're doing. Okay, I'm loving this already. <laughs> so, uh, As someone who does spend a bit of time in these different platforms, uh, I know, for example, um, that Facebook have just bought out Instagram ads as well. Uh, is that... I mean, are you incorporating uh, all the new stuff that comes out as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think the way that we look at the market is that, you know, five years ago when it was just Google, it was still kind of a challenge to learn Google and be really good at serving ads on, on AdWords. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of years later, Facebook released their ads platform and, and it got a little bit more complicated. Um, and then really quickly, you know, you're seeing all these companies from Pinterest to Snapchat and, and like you mentioned, Instagram start to roll out their versions of, of AdWords or, or their paid ad platforms. Uh, and it's only getting you know, more and more complicated and confusing for the average person that's trying to serve an ad online to help their business. And so if we can you know, build a system in which you need to learn one platform instead of six or seven or, or 10 or 20, um, the, the, the end user is going to understand the processes across channels a lot better um, and ultimately want to spend more time serving ads on each one of those channels. 
Yeah, this could save us a lot of money and time as well, because uh, I, I actually can vouch for this. Uh, just only yesterday, I was trying to learn the new Instagram uh, option within the Facebook self-serve, and it is confusing as hell. <laughs> it really is. And uh, you have to open up the power editor, and um, it, it just really is not obvious at all. So, uh, I mean, uh, are you saying that people using this may have the possibility of uh, you know, sacking their... Uh, agents or their um, outsourcer who's doing this and, and may be able to do it themselves. Well, well the funny thing is, is you know, we, we sort of stumbled upon this idea uh, in, in two separate points in time. So, uh, my background uh, is, has always been startups for the most part, and I was working at a startup company. It was my very first job out of college, um, and I was the general marketing person. They gave me all the marketing related tasks, and I was really good as, as far as sort of content marketing is concerned, or uh, you know inbound strategy and, and that sort of stuff. And then when we raised a, a round of funding, our investors told us, listen, you need to put fuel on the fire. And the way to do that is through digital advertising. And so my boss gave me the responsibility of serving ads on Facebook and Google without really knowing if I could actually do that. And at that point in time, I really didn't know how to do that. Um, and we wasted a lot of money. And it always sort of stuck out to me as a big pain point for, for, for me personally. Um, after that startup, we, we got acquired, so I got to see that cool process happen. Uh, I joined the Google team in California, and I got to work on the ad side. Uh, during my time there, I talked to thousands of different companies, and they all had that same issue that I had when I was working at that startup, where companies don't know what they're doing, and it's really difficult for, for them on just one platform. And when you start to add in a bunch of others, it becomes even more frustrating and time-consuming and a big waste of cash. So we left, my co-founder and I both came from Google, we left because we knew this was a huge issue for, for lots of people, and there's not an easy solution out there. You know, there's, there's tons of ads platforms for bigger companies that have 10-person, you know, 20-person digital teams that know AdWords and Facebook like the back of their hands, um, but that technology doesn't exist for, for the medium-sized businesses or the smaller-sized businesses. Uh, Dan, this is great. You know, a lot of people listening to this show as well love to get inspired by the journeys of others. And uh, your journey, you just touched upon it there, uh, getting into a startup and then getting bought out. Uh, What what was it like at that point where, I'm guessing you got bought out by Google uh, because then you went to work for them. Uh, What what was it like for the founder and for the team to go through that process? Perhaps you could take us back to that point and and, and talk us through it to, to inspire us. Absolutely. So, um, so we, we actually didn't get bought out by, by Google. Um, the, the story is an interesting one. We were a skills assessment startup in Boston. Um, we were a relatively small team. When we got scooped up, we were about 12 people. Um, and uh, we, we were bought out by a company in Salt Lake City here in the United States uh, called Pluralsight for $75 million. And, and the process was, it was the first time I ever had gone through an experience like that. Um, and it was... It was really exciting, but it, it was exciting because people you know, dedicated years of their lives working on one project. And as you know, in this crazy world of startups, when you're in that position, you're spending more of your time in the office than you are with your friends and your family. So for, for a lot of people, it was like the final badge of approval that all the work that we'd done over the, the course of years was finally paying off. And people saw the value enough to bring us into the fold of another bigger organization. Um, it was a fantastic experience. I, I learned a lot from it. Um, and it was one of those things that, you know, when I was going through uh, that startup, um, I, I told myself I would never be a founder. It was it, just seeing it in, in person and, 
you know, working with uh, our founder and CEO directly on a daily basis and the stress that that caused, I, I sort of vowed to myself to never do it. Um, but after I joined Google and, and saw this issue that we're trying to solve plague tons and tons and tons of people and, you know, watched all these people lose millions of dollars, um, it's just one of those things where when you see it, it, you just have to do it. And it's this feeling that's hard to describe, but, um, but it, it's like the product needs to exist in the world. And, and if, if no one else is doing it, then maybe we should. And let's just touch on the fact that you were working uh, regularly with the founder of this company. And then uh, I'm not sure how much you can divulge, but $75 million was uh, <laughs> then. Uh, I mean, what, how did that affect him uh, did, or her? Uh, well, I'm not sure. If you could perhaps just g- give us the when that eventually went through, um, did they go off and, and sun, them, sun themselves in a nice beach? Or, or did, uh, what, what happened to the founder? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I learned from working at that startup um, was the importance of a really great mentor. Um, and it, and it, it's something that you can't put a price tag on. So Dave Balter, who was the CEO of, of this company, Smarter, uh, is the definition of a serial entrepreneur. He uh Built and sold a company right before Smarterer called BuzzAgent, and BuzzAgent was a word-of-mouth marketing company, and they were actually acquired by a division of Tesco, um, out where where you guys are. And so he has just this natural ability to get people to like him, um, and this natural ability to sell things um, very uh, efficiently. He's a great salesperson, and so for him, I mean, it was just another step in his journey. Uh, and I would say that it, 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 you know, he he is the same person and will always be the same person, regardless of the number of companies that he sells. Um, he's the kind of person that would do anything for you um, once you've earned his trust. And uh, you know, I, I I wish I could say that you know he 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 purchased a small island off the coast of of Massachusetts, <laughs> but uh, you know that's I, I don't think that's his style. <laughs> well, you see, I, I, actually, it's a really important topic because a lot of people read these stories. You know, we've heard from you how hard it was, you know, to actually go through that whole process. Uh, but we just read the headlines, you know, founder gets bought out by $75 million. And, uh, and that's what attracts many people into the startup world because they want to emulate that. But uh, it sounds to me like what your story is that, you're, you know, would you say that, that you should focus on that or focus on the problem instead and, and you know, get, get should we focus on the money? That's the question. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think you know startups right now and, and building apps. It's it's inherently sexy because of of those stories, right? The stories of companies being bought out for for lots of money. Um, I, I would say if that's the the end game and the reason why you're getting into this crazy world, you're you're totally missing the point and and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, if I if I wanted an easy way to to make a lot of money. I would have stayed at Google, um, to be honest, and uh, and that's because the the chances of of something like that happening are so astronomically low that it's you know it's it's something that you know is is a pie in the sky dream. Um, I think when when people are starting companies or, or or building apps, the the reason behind them doing that should be because they fundamentally believe that that product needs to exist in the world. Um, and if you do that well enough, you know, good things may happen, um, obviously. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, the people that I've seen personally become successful are the ones that will stop at nothing to get what they need built or see, um, in the future as needing to be built 
uh, done and done really well. So Dan, you are in the perfect position to talk about some of the biggest questions that the Appster tribe listening to this uh, have, which is launching and uh, launching products, services, apps. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, have you, I mean, across all the platforms, do you have any guidance for us on what's good, a good strategy for a potential launch uh, day uh, and getting lots of traffic to download our apps or or visit our website? Have Have you got any tips for us? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that there's a couple different ways that you can approach it, and you know, these these tips will certainly um, vary by uh, the business that you're in. Um, we we built a lot of buzz um, around ad hoc um, by building a product that had a lot of pain around it, and and what I mean by that is, you know, if if you give someone the five second pitch on ad hoc that it's you know, uh, an app that aggregates all of your digital marketing data, paid digital marketing data into one place. And then it runs algorithms on the back end to find trends in that data to serve you optimization suggestions that you can accept or reject instantly to help you increase ROI. If you give someone that little pitch, um, anyone that's ever had that pain, for some reason, immediately resonates with it. And, um, and what will happen is they'll want to use it and then they tell their friends and those friends tell their friends and you're, you're in this really cool position where you're growing through word of mouth and referral. Um, so I would say, you know, to start before you ever, you know, think about the, the, the overall strategy of, of launching, you know, your app on day one, my biggest piece of feedback is distill the value of what you're doing in a couple of sentences, right? If you can distill the value in a couple of sentences and, and tell people in, uh, in a really quick fashion the pain that you're trying to solve, um, you're more likely to resonate with your users, obviously, and then have them them come on board quickly and tell their friends. Um, as far as as paid, um, you know, paid digital marketing is concerned, um, you know, your audience if they're if they're running, you know, lots of um, or building apps, I should say, and are looking to launch those effectively, um, you know. The paid options for you are, are Google and Facebook, and from my experience working internally at Google, um, you know there there are some some good uh, strategies there that that are certainly worth taking a look at, um, at least on the sort of mobile app install uh, side of the equation. Um, but right now, Facebook is king um, as far as driving people to download apps, uh, and so looking at some sort of paid digital strategy on the Facebook side is is incredible incredibly important if you're at a point in your life cycle to afford it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I love that you actually picked up on one of the longest running themes of this entire show. It's been going for years now. And um, we always come back to uh, building a a product or service around a pain point and really solving a problem. And you really fleshed that out there. So that's excellent. Uh, In terms of like the actual uh, promotion as well and the paid platforms, is there any guidance on uh, doing doing and targeting mobile uh, versus um, the desktop? And the reason I ask is that we've recently seen some uh, negativity around um, advertising on Instagram because they're not expecting it. And uh, you get a lot of negativity uh, around the comments. Uh, Mm -hmm. But do you have have any... uh, thoughts on mobile advertising to mobile versus advertising to a website yeah so if you're if you're a mobile app um, uh, company your your best bet is to advertise uh, on the channel that makes it the easiest for for your audience to then download your product which would be mobile right so uh, if you're advertising 
your mobile app on a mobile phone, you're statistically you're, you're more likely to see a download occur because it's easier than if someone saw your ad on a desktop computer and then had to scramble to their phone and search for you in, in the iTunes store and, and you know try to uh, t- try to do it that way. Um, I, I would say you know you, you bring up a really interesting point about Instagram um, and the negativity that's sort of surrounding their their sort of launch of ads. Um, I think they're in a tiny bit of a growing pains period. Um, to be honest, but w- what they will do um, certainly is is make those ads m- more refined for the people that are that are actually engaging with them. And so, uh, you know, they're already starting to do this a little bit. But the more uh, the more sophisticated their ads platform becomes, the more likely you'll see ads that are are um, you know going to be resonating with you more than than probably what you're seeing today. You know, I think the best example of this is is one of my friends who's a fitness instructor, and early on she was getting ads for McDonald's, you know, hamburgers, and she hasn't eaten McDonald's in in fifteen years or something crazy like that. And so for her, it was just like a very perfect example of you know the wrong ad being served to the wrong person. Um, but that will change; it, it'll fundamentally change. And um, you know, advertisers, especially you know, um, you know, smaller companies like like mine, um, uh, should be excited about that because the more targeting you're able to um, to sort of hone in on when you're looking to serve ads to people, uh, the more they're going to resonate with those folks, and the better off you're going to see success with them. So I, I would say, you know, the, the the Instagrams of the world and the Snapchats of the world, you know, things are still early for them, but they are the the, the channels that I personally am the most excited to see grow because they're changing the way that 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 we are consuming ads. Right? It's no longer these um, display ads on a website that we 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 then ignore. They become part of your experience using their products. So I'm fortunate enough to have an absolutely amazing app store optimization company called Gummy Cube who sponsor this show. And they collect uh, data from the mobile app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. And that data then allows you to be more effective when optimizing your apps for those app stores. Now, Gummy Cube deal with brands and indie developers and product managers. And what Gummy Cube are able to do is find those long-tailed keywords that rank. You see, App Store optimization, it used to be, and I'm I'm sure you're probably still doing this right now, where you go uh, back and forth and and check things like Google search, and and then you get the long tail keywords uh, from web search, and that is the wrong thing to do. Uh, You don't really want any data that's being scraped from the web. What you want is data that is actually from the app stores, because we know that the way you behave in app stores is different to on the web and searching on the web. And so this is why you need Gummy Cube to get access to their algorithms and their data cube and to really be efficient with app store optimization. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thank you very much to Gummy Cube for being such a great company and supporting this show. This show is supported by Aptentive. Uh, They are sponsoring and it's a great sponsor because they have the ability to message your users. So if you've listened to past episodes of the show, you'll know how important it is to have a following, to be able to cross-promote your apps, to be able to communicate with your users. And Apple and Google do not make this that easy. But Apptentive do because they give you the power to have two-way conversations with your users. 
hear what they have to say, gather feedback, solve any problems in the apps, and develop meaningful relationships with these customers. Stop looking at your screen and just treating them as numbers on a screen. They are customers, they are using your app, and you need to have conversations with them. It is incredibly important. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That is apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E, apptentive.com. And if you hit forward slash app guy, you'll get uh, the ability to sign up for a free mobile app consultation. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting the show. So Dan, uh, there are two more things that we need to do before we say goodbye to you. And one is that we'd love to try and uh, come up with ideas based on the pain points of our guests. And you talked about pain point, you know, pain points being the really the, the driver behind you leaving Google and starting your own company. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm wondering if you, you know, the, the, over the last um, several months or so, or even recently, have you uh, got a, a real obstacle, a pain point, a real frustration in, in what you're tr- trying to do? Uh, and then we can explore that and see if there's a potential to solve that pain point. Awesome. So is this like any any pain point that I have in my life if I would Yeah. Okay. This is anything because apps solve everything. So let's let's go for it. So so many times throughout my day I'll I'll think of I'll think of something that's that's hugely painful uh, and then realize I'm just describing something that already exists like, you know, I I was just recently I just recently moved to New York. It is notoriously challenging to find an apartment here in New York City and I was walking around the city and I was thinking, man, if only I could like have an app on my phone where I type a couple of things in about what I want and what my price range is, and then some automated person or person electronically tells me the places to go visit and see. And I realized I was just explaining like a real estate agent to myself, um, which which you know obviously already exists. <laughs> but um, but I, I would say you know to that vein, um, you know I think travel for me right now is is one of the most frustrating things. That I do on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, we're traveling a lot for the business. Booking flights and hotels and cars is a pain. And you know, the the whole travel agency world um, obviously is uh, is is slowly fading out um, for for a number of different reasons. Um, but I would love some sort of app on my phone that could uh, hook me into some sort of smart travel assistant that takes care of all of that for me. And, and maybe that's a human being on the other line or a piece of software that someone writes that's you know, somewhat uh, intelligent. Um, but, but solving that pain would be, I, I would pay lots of money for that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a really uh, a good idea there because uh, you're talking about a concierge service, some kind of thing that takes responsibility for your uh, point A to point P journey. You know, you just, it, it, even if it knows the 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 time by tapping into your uh, diary uh, like uh, TripIt does, but imagine that where you just automatically have everything done and taken care of for you, so that you uh, you don't have to think about it. I, I think that would be amazingly, uh, and it's probably something out there <laughs> that's already doing right, it. Right, right. Uh, if anyone has and also, yeah. any suggestions, I would I would be all ears for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you've already said you'll pay a lot for it, so maybe uh, that someone will be incentivized to do that. Um, you know, the other thing you kind of mentioned, which is there, there are a lot of a lot of apps out there that uh, we just don't know about, but we potentially would use if we knew they existed at the time that we needed them. So, like discoverability, I think is one of the biggest issues uh, facing app developers. Would you agree? I would. T- I would totally agree with that. I think it's it's 
you know, it's an issue that has only become um, uh, more challenging as people begin to build apps uh, on their own. And, and I think that's a, that's a great problem to have, right? More, more apps in the ecosystem is, is, always, is always a good thing. Like you, you should have choice. Um, and you know, one of the things that I hope that companies like Product Hunt um, will eventually sort of evolve into is having very specific channels, um, and they're already starting to do this a little bit, but having specific channels based on you know, different verticals and then allowing me, the consumer, to go in and just browse um, you know, based on very specific niche type areas uh, for problems that I have in my day-to-day basis. Uh, okay, Dan, this is a genius idea. And uh, maybe this exists, but how about this? Uh, you're walking around, and uh, wherever it may be, say New York, and you have this idea of some problem that you have. You get onto an app and you, you explain the problem. And, and then a human or some, um, something tells you what you need uh, at that point in time. <laughs> I, I love that idea. And, and right now, I'm, yeah. I, I think it would save a lot of my friendships because that, that's always, those are always the questions that I'll ask my friends. And it gets to a certain point where they're just like, just stop talking about apps. I don't, I don't care anymore. We don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like a subscription service. I really think that would be great. Uh, so it, it sounds like you've got someone uh, setting up a ladder or something in the background. <laughs> I, I do. It's, it's New York City. Let me see if I can close the window. New York City is notorious for people doing all sorts of crazy things. All right, that should be a bit better. <laughs> that is that's funny. Yeah, New York is great. Uh, well, the last thing is, uh, I mean, just on that, we love talking about apps and uh, would love to know, you know, given that you are in New York, um, the center of where everything's happening, uh, do you have one or two apps on your phone that you could uh, talk to us about, bearing in mind we are using your phone to record? So um, <laughs> if, try not to close the recording down. Yeah. yeah, do you have any any apps that you could mention or refer to us? Of course, I, I think I could give you like forty or fifty at this point. Um, I, I would say the, the the just for 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 ones that maybe folks that are listening to your program haven't interacted with before. Um, a couple of the ones that I'm using right now on a daily basis. Uh, one is an an app called Annotate, um, and it's it's built by this company uh, out of Boston, Massachusetts. And what it allows you to do is it, it it's very simple. It allows you to take pictures that you either take through the app or from your, your, your iPhone camera. Uh, and it allows you to just annotate things into that photo, whether it's text or you know, uh, the ability to draw a circle around something or an arrow. It seems very simple, um, but I've used it probably more often um, than, than most of the other apps on my phone as I'm like mocking up um, little funny photos to send to my friends. It's, it's similar to the features that, that Snapchat will, will allow you to do. Um, uh, in their uh, in in their their app, but uh, but it gives you the opportunity to do that sort of outside. So when I'm sending text or Slack messages to my team, um, I can get a little creative with them. So it's called Annotate. Um, that's super fun. Uh, uh, Dan, I have to say, I love that. That's never been mentioned on the show, and I I'm going to download that immediately because that's something I think I'd use every day. It's one of those things too, where where someone told me about it, and and I, my first reaction was, I, I will never use that feature, right? Like I just don't have any need for it. Um, but so often, even in the last couple of, of months, I, you know, I've been, I've been using it more and more often just because it's like, yeah, I want to point something out in a photo or, you know, be a little bit funny with the things that I'm sending to my friends. Um, so, so definitely check it out. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, has anyone talked about Weave on your show before the app Weave? No. So, so Weave is, is pretty fun. It's, it's one of the apps that I find myself, um, playing with, 
uh, every day, which is which is pretty cool for for any app producer. That's something that that is always um, very much valued. Uh, so so Weave is is you can think of it like Tinder for professional connections. So the way that it works is you um, you you sign in with your LinkedIn account, um, and it pulls all your information from LinkedIn, and then it gives you a very Tinder esque um, uh, flow to interact with. So if you swipe left, it means that you're not really interested in the in the person that you're seeing, and if you swipe right, it means that you know you you're 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 interested in meeting up with that person um, for coffee or over a quick phone call to chat about you know their background and the skills that they have. Um, I've used it a ton. It's really popular in San Francisco. Um, so it was fun in San Francisco to just sort of hop on Weave and meet with people that I would have never met with otherwise, right? VP level folks at some really big companies or, you know, directors at some really big companies or, you know, small guys that are trying to hack a startup for the first time but are doing something really cool. It, it gave me access to a lot of different interesting people. Um, and it was overall just, just incredibly fun. Um, it's not as popular here in New York. Um, it, it's, it's gaining in popularity, I would say, but, um, I still use it every day and just, you know, got connected to a bunch of really great people, um, uh, yesterday that, that I'll be meeting with, um, in the, in the coming weeks. So, um, it's a great tool to sort of get your, um, your sort of networking mojo going, um, without taking a lot of your time. Well, Dan, there are two excellent recommendations for anyone who is driving or uh, otherwise cannot get to the App Store. Then there will be full show notes. Uh, just go to the theappguy.co. Uh, it's episode 370 with Dan Pratt, and you'll see uh, links to him, uh, his company, and uh, those apps. But Dan, how do we best reach out and connect with you? What, what's the best way of getting in touch? Twitter is, is the best way, Twitter or email. Um, my Twitter handle is at Daniel P as in Patrick Pratt. Um, the, the company Twitter is at try ad hoc and my email is dan at try So Dan, just before we say goodbye, I mean, I do feel like we need one more, uh, to put you on the spot and give us a, the three minute pitch on ad hoc. I don't feel like we covered it enough. Give us the, the three minute pitch on, on ad hoc. Oh man, you're, you're putting me on the spot right now. Oh, let me see. Uh, so, so ad hoc for, for businesses that struggle with digital advertising, paid digital advertising, ad hoc aggregates all of your digital advertising data across platforms like Google AdWords and Facebook ads, puts it into one dashboard that updates in real time. And then what we do is we run algorithms on the back end data um, that will surface trends in your account. So if we can tell really quickly that across Google AdWords and Facebook ads, uh, you know, you're performing really well in California uh, with women ages 18 to 24. We'll serve to you that suggestion and allow you to make a change in one click, uh, whether that be a bid increase or a budget increase that will help increase performance uh, over time. Well, that is wonderful. I love how we put you on the spot there because you did say that it's important to have the three-minute pitch ready. So we're just testing you. That was excellent. Uh, Thanks very much, Dan, for joining us and all the best. Thank you so much for having me. It was was really great and um, I'm looking forward to hearing more of these podcasts. It was really awesome. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So 
go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to Gummy Cube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the intelligent ratings reviews widget and you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase. And thank you, Apptentive, for continuing to support the show. So I've got an announcement for you, and it's actually not app related. Uh, I have been working uh, as part of the team on uh, ILIS. Uh, ILIS stands for I Love Your Story, and it's to help you get into a creative writing zone. Now, uh, I have to confess that I'm an audio guy, so writing is not my strong point, but I've been using Eyeless, and I've really been getting into these creative uh, zones. I've actually written uh, some Medium stuff, uh, posted on Medium, which is the uh, blogging platform, and I've really enjoyed it. So uh, we've offered uh, anyone from Product Hunt or The Next Web, uh, 50% off the sign-up. And, you know, uh, you might as well take advantage of that as uh, part of the App Guy podcast uh, if you're part of the Appster tribe. So to get that, just go to uh, ilist.com. That's ilist.com forward slash ph, forward slash ph, or you could do forward slash uh, tnw, The Next Web. And... Uh, you can get um, access to sign up. It's free to sign up, but if you do go for uh, more than 3,000 word limit, then uh, you can actually get uh, a paid account for um, 50% off. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful. Get into the creative zone with your writing. Get rid of all the distractions. and Just focus on each word as you're writing, and you'll be amazed. It gives you actually this little... um, buzzer sound if you hit the uh, delete button or you could go and try and edit get rid of that editing brain get your creative juices flowing and uh, yeah check it out it's really uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it okay uh, thanks for listening to this message and i look forward to serving you another episode of the app guy podcast shortly